0: Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Grief Gang Podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind The Grief Gang is to normalise the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this you'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. I'm coming to you on this beautiful sunny Saturday morning. Um, I am probably just scraped out of bed, but <laughs> is what, it is what it is. We're here. Um, I am joined by a guest who I have come to really become fond of and have lots of chit chat. And it's been I've been really, really wanting them on the podcast for a while and I'm so glad that we are finally here doing so. So I would like to introduce Laura Main. She is a drama and grief and bereavement therapist for a contemporary mental health service. Laura, thank you so much for being here. I did it. I did uh, it. You did it. It was seamless. Absolutely no. <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even know that we were just rehearsing that. No, <laughs> Nailed it! Brilliant. Hello. Uh, how are you? How are you being in here? I'm calling my words out. How are you being? How are you? <laughs> how are you being here? <laughs> how are you being here? I'm being here with a very, oh, just
2: very excited to be here.
1: Oh, thank
2: I you. Just,
3: uh,
2: it, it, yeah, I feel part of the grief gang fold.
1: Yeah, you absolutely and are.
2: I feel very honoured. I yeah. really do, Amber. Oh, bless yeah. you. Thank very you. excited to be here. Thank,
1: Thank you. you. Yeah. I've been loving, like, all our chats and conversations. and mm. um, Me too. Yeah, and I've been loving just, like, your interaction with me and just stuff. I just thought, I want to talk to Laura. I want to talk to mm. Laura and I want to talk to her now. Mm. And... I've been loving what you've been sharing about who it is that we're going to be talking about today. So before mm. we get right into it, Laura, can you just um, introduce yourself to the listeners and the viewers as well? Because we do have viewers of little YouTube things, potentially. I still haven't, right. sort, still oh, haven't, right. sorted, still haven't really sorted it out, but yeah. Um, <laughs> my guys... My no. i put a bit of slap on there. No. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Look, I'm literally like just scraped <laughs> on a bit of cream, like it's Okay. <laughs> um so just tell the (laughs) listeners and viewers a little bit about who you are um what you do and who it is that we're here to remember and speak about today
2: okie dokes i am laura hello everybody i live in north london with my husband and two children i'm a drama therapist and i specialize in grief and bereavement therapy Mm -hmm. very recently i have to say yeah um which we'll go into a bit later, but, um, yeah, so I work for a contemporary mental health service. I also work with learning disability Mm -hmm. for a charity, which I've been working for for a very long time. Um, and that's me. Hey, I'm coming here in all my rawness, you know, I, am it's like I said, you know, I've, I've followed you for a really long time. I follow Mm -hmm. grief gang and I've listened to a lot of the podcasts um so when you slid into my (laughs) dm is that what you say these days i was just very very touched very honored to even be thought about in that way so Mm -hmm. it feels um yeah i'm sort of treading into this this it, I don't really want to say an interview because it's not, it's, yeah, it's a chat, no, it's a meeting. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw your face pop up on the screen, it's like, I feel like I've known you for ages. I
1: know, yeah, I love, that's, me that's too. And that's something
2: very unique, I think. But I think that comes back to what you share, Amber, on, on the social you think? network yeah. platform. Absolutely. Mm. You're so honest and very open with your experience and how you talk about your grief. Mm. And there's something that I... I wholly respond to in that and I see comments of other people and I see how they respond to it and that it is a community hey Mm, you know online in social media um which I don't think has has been there for a long time like I I, I've, I've really sat with that actually for a long time is this sense of community online Mm. particularly on Instagram I think I'm talking specifically about Instagram Mm. because personally that's the only platform I'm on Mm. so I don't know really about Facebook or Twitter or anything like that but yeah particularly Instagram the amount of grief accounts Mm. you know content that's on that i it feels like that has grown over the past few years.
1: It really, I think even within in uh, this last year itself, Laura. I just, agree. Year, it yeah. Has, um, yeah.
2: Do you feel that with your followers? But you must like, have seen it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like my my, my yeah. following
1: went through the roof throughout just the the last year, the, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. still within, and um, I wrote about it when I when I hit ten k. And I think any mm. sort of other person, not any other person, but if somebody who wasn't in the in a bereavement space and providing, a, you know, a space like myself or like Poppy and everybody else do, um, mm. if you're just like a fashion blogger or um, a travel or a food blogger, if when you hit 10K, you would be like, woo, like this is, you know, 10K people liking like my stuff. And that is 10K people from liking my stuff, but they're liking my stuff because they've had somebody die. Yeah, and it was a very conflicting feeling, and I saw it, and I was like, right. "I went, um, oh, okay." And I wasn't, I wasn't like ungrateful, oh, but no. I just thought, "That's ten thousand people who have had somebody die, or either know somebody who is who has had somebody die, and they're supporting them some in some degree." Mm-hmm. We are all here for the common donator of somebody has gone in your life, and it was a very, very mm-hmm. double-edged sword, which I found, and um. It really has the community is just like just, I don't know say blossom, but just gone boom um in this last year. And it's great to see so many people expressing themselves through the Internet and yeah. whatever feels good to yeah. them. But at a time it is, I feel so sad when I see an account and I read the bio and it's like lost X, Y, Z. And yeah. it's so recent. And I think, my God, this is yeah. just, yeah. But yeah, so you've been, so yeah, how long have you sort of been engaging with the grief community?
2: You know what? I would literally say the past year since yeah. lockdown.
3: Mm,
1: yeah. Which is
2: very interesting. I think the landscape of my grief has changed dramatically over the past year. Yeah. COVID, COVID, uh, anitis, COVID, yeah. uh, whatever it is. Yeah. We, I've, I've, I, I didn't necessarily get covid i just want to be transparent yeah. about that but this yeah. the, the 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 emotional impact of being in lockdown being being surrounded by the language of covid mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. isolated lockdown
3: mm.
2: you know distanced it's it's triggering stuff and i
3: yeah.
2: i think i discovered you during before the pandemic i think yeah and then your content just think your content shifted and changed actually during lockdown. Big Inevitably, time. Inevitably, of course yeah, it did, yeah. Big time. And I really connected with it. And then through you sharing others, I saw Poppy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um I think I was I was following Griefcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Carryad, yeah. Uh for, for Lloyd. Yeah, oh. Fantastic. Semi in love with
2: like, her. Literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been following her for quite a few years. Yeah. And then she, I, I suddenly, it was like this door had opened yeah.
3: yeah, and I
2: was finding all these accounts and I was following them and I thought, whoa, hang on. Yeah. Slow it oh, down. Maybe too, Slow it too down. much here. Yeah. My feed was all about death.
1: Yeah. And
2: it does. And that's, <laughs> Which, yeah,
1: you do <laughs> you have know. to like, bit of, bit you of have pause. to curate it. Yeah.
2: You do have to curate it. And, um you know, death, grief, probably one of my favorite topics ever, yeah. but not for many, you yeah, know, yeah. and I was kind of like, la- I was sort of really engaged in that on my feed and then enough, enough, enough. Yeah. Yeah. It became a bit too much. And then I kind of hit pause. Yeah. Like you say, hit pause. Yeah. Um, but then it feels now, um, maybe perhaps I'm feeling a bit more robust and a bit more resilient. Yeah. From going into think, to work, yeah. so to sort of give it a bit of a context, I started back working in September. Mm. So, so very recently, yeah, um, I was meant to uh, come back into my work at this contemporary mental health service back in March off my maternity leave, yeah, um, and obviously yeah. the universe had different ideas. So that put me in a bit of a spin, mm. massive. And then I reconnected with my work in September. Um, and I think that was a real interesting turning point in my, So probably to, to tell the listeners that I, I'm coming here um, to talk about my dad and my mum. Mm. My dad died 17 years ago mm. this year. His anniversary is in a couple of weeks. It, yeah, yeah, 17 years. Um you know, I say that out loud, and like
1: you stop in your tracks. Yeah,
2: it just doesn't.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't feel. So like, what?
2: Yeah, seventeen. What? Like what? Yeah, seventeen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, he died when I was twenty-one. Mm. You know, there's the 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 numbers and the maths there. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. what? Mm. Um, and my mum died four years ago. Okay. Um, so I'm coming to this chat as
1: a, a parentless parent. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd love, yeah, to speak more. That, yeah. that that wasn't in one of my questions for you, but I, I did sort of want to see where we were going mm. with that and just see about um, parenting without parents and mm. things like that. But mm. um, yeah, would you mind, Laura, for me, going into a little bit of the story about mum and dad and, and how you lost them and um, those mm. times in your life, as little or as much as you'd like?
2: So my dad, he, there was 30 years between my parents, Mm -hmm. which is extraordinary. Mm. I mean, uh, when I think about that, I I kind of semi-cringe and semi-go, didn't even know, didn't even (laughs) notice. I think anyone that knew them knew them to be two people very much uh, in love. You know, Mm -hmm. they were, they were a great love story. Yeah. And because of those thirty years, you know, my mum met my father when she was sixteen. Wow! And he was hang on
3: maths.
1: Yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it well into it, sort yeah. of forties. Forty six, yeah, yeah forty six. Yeah. Weird. Yeah.
3: Right? <laughs> weird. I mean, weird. You're
1: like,
2: dads. That. Uh,
1: so how in, in a brief in a brief in a brief nutshell, how did they meet? Like, just was it.
3: So
2: I'm originally from Scunthorpe, okay. a very small town up in North Lincolnshire. And yeah. um, he, at that stage in my dad's career, he was in Merchant Navy.
1: All right.
2: Um, well, he'd just come out of the Merchant Navy. Um, and he'd set up his own business in Scunthorpe. He was, a, he was an engineer. He okay. was a structure, structural and mechanical engineer. Oh. Um, yeah, posh. Yeah. And he had his own business. And I think in a small town, he was kind of, he was quite a known man. Yeah. Um, And my mum knew of him Mm. because she was there and she was, she was working in a, in a chemist. Mm. I get this story right. (laughs) One of these things, right? I can't go back and ask her. Yeah. yeah. She was working in a chemist and my dad walked in Mm. and she said, that was it.
1: Yeah, she's you like, know, he's a bit of me. She saw him and
2: that was May. it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I still, I mean, come on, mum. there's a bit like, oh. I mean, I get the older man. I get the, sort of the silver Abs- fox and believe me, even yeah. when I say he was a handsome. silver fox. Yeah, handsome, yeah, yeah. Um, and my mum was a model. Yeah. So you can kind of, you. I kind of get the eyes looking going, Absolutely yeah. Absolutely. I like, kind of get
3: it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then nothing more. And then I think yeah. there was a real...
3: Uh,
2: Kept bumping into each other. Okay. Sort of sense. scenario. He had, yeah. She had about two or three boyfriends on the back burner. On the know. go. <laughs> my, on the go. My grandfather used to say this really funny thing where he he remembered my dad coming to the door and he had to let someone out the back door. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello? I know this is a out, terrible picture out, of my mother. Get doesn't it. No. Awesome. Right. it. She, um, she didn't put all her eggs in one basket. That's my kind of girl. She didn't.
2: She, didn't. <laughs> um,
1: she also tells this really funny story. I think the first conversation they had,
2: she was at an ice cream truck getting mm. an ice cream for her sister, and my dad walked up and said, "Where's mine then?" <laughs> and my mum apparently just threw the ice cream at him and no. ran away. Uh, here you go. <laughs> There's oh, your ice cream. Well, cool. um, Bless her. And then I think they just got chatting and then I think there was a point where obviously my grandparents were like, yeah, I'm not too keen on this. Yeah, yeah. And my dad being the man he was sort of went, I get it. And then they stayed in contact. I think when my mum was 18, I think they went on their first official date. Yeah. And I think he said, he said something really interesting, something very sweet to her. I think when she, she arrived at a barbecue or something at yeah. a party with this <laughs> chap. Um, and my dad just walked up to her and said, uh, enough's enough now. Stop with him.
3: Yeah. You're, you're mine now. Like,
2: enough, enough. Which <laughs> equally is like still really creepy. Yeah, it's
3: just like,
1: it's like, dad, <laughs> but then it's this like, I know. Yeah. But he's like, enough now, enough <laughs> with the games. You're mine. Enough, you know, you're going to be mine. You're going to be mine. And then they
2: were, <laughs> they were together for. My dad was seventy nine when he died. Yeah, and my mum was no, well, she was fifty. Yeah, hang on, maths. No, I'm probably yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, terrible, yeah. terrible at maths. <laughs> um, yeah, they were, they were together ever since. They never. I think they spent maybe two nights apart in their entire lifetime
3: together.
1: Wow,
2: um, it's a
1: real lovebirds. And
2: they were. They were. Yeah. Mm. There was something very kindred soul about them. Yeah, I think growing up seeing them together, it's like the age gap. I think that's just a testament to their relationship. You just yeah. never would have known. Mm. Physically, yes, yeah, my dad was getting older, but in terms of his spirit, in terms mm. of his outlook, he was still—he was so
1: young. Yeah, and when they were together, like it would ooze that that they were they were young yeah. the heart together.
2: They really did ooze it. Yeah. It's a great word. Yeah. Ooze it. Love that. And they were great fun and they were very stable, mm. you know, for me.
3: Yeah.
2: Um I've got two step brothers and a stepsister. Mm. Um, but I was my mum and dad's only child.
3: Yeah.
2: Um and because of the age gap, my step siblings are quite a few years older than me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um I'm very close to, to to one of my stepbrothers though. Yeah. Yeah. But there was quite a, a large age gap. So I did very much my beginning years mm. growing up was was an only child and I never wanted I never wanted for anything. You know, yeah. it was it was a very loving, stable, fun household. Yeah. Um and they took me everywhere with them. Not I mean bad. I could tell you some stories. I mean honestly, we they took me on Concord once.
1: No way, wow. you got the Concord! <laughs> I, was, I got the Concord! Can I remember?
2: no because it was too fast
1: because it was too fast you got it right (laughs) blew
2: my little head off but i was like seven or something ridiculous and my parents friends were like why are you taking on concord she won't even remember it (laughs) and they were like well we're going on holiday we're going to take our child but i mean that sort of sums them both up yeah they're like
1: our baby comes to us everywhere yeah i love that and
2: um they travel together you know, they did everything together. They really did. Yeah. And then my dad got sick. Okay. Um, I had pretty much just started university. I went to, I was up in Edinburgh. Yeah. And it was my second year, I believe, or the end of my first year, where um, he kind of went yellow
1: okay.
2: overnight. Um, and that was at Christmas. And I remember my mum driving me to Doncaster station to get the train back up to Edinburgh. Yeah. And she said to me, I don't think dad's very well.
3: Mm.
2: And I remember going, what?
3: Mm.
2: And she said, look, I have to tell you because I need to tell you, I don't think he's very well. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, well, just let's just take him to the doctor. It's okay. Yeah. But she, yeah, she knew. Yeah. And he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in the January. Right. Um, and they didn't give him very long. Mm. They immediately said, "With well, the nature of the cancer, I think, and it's still very much to this day, I think. Like is, it, they're doing it's, great. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's you don't really catch it until quite late on.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so his prognosis was not good. And he ended up. living in an an extra year we had another year with him and it was the most incredible year we went on the most insane holiday Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know there was something about there was something in that actually the the when we knew he didn't have long to live I was never privy to conversations about that I never had a conversation with him about that and I think reflecting and sitting with grief and where I am today gosh that's difficult Mm. You know, that was very, very difficult. Yeah. I don't know the conversations my parents had that were between them perhaps. But yeah. I think as a family, we didn't really go there.
1: Yeah. Was it directly like, you know, we know we're on borrowed time. Yeah. Let's not yeah. not what I think for lack of a better word, waste, not waste, but let's let's use the time that we have to make memories together.
2: And you know what? We really did. You did, and you did, yeah. And I still, I have photographs of that time still in frames in my house. You know, we went on incredible holidays. Mm. Um, My dad took the most incredible picture of my mum on a particular holiday. She was on the back of a camel (laughs) and she's waving in the middle of the (laughs) desert. And actually that is the picture I used on her, um, at her wake. yeah. At her funeral, should I say? Sorry, on her order of service.
3: Yeah, love
2: that.
1: Just really like, interesting.
2: Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> she literally kind of like, um, and you know that was the when my that was the year my mum turned fifty and I turned twenty one. So we had the most incredible party. Yeah. Friends still talk about that party. To no me. way. It lasted about three days. <laughs> it was incredible. It was such a great party. Three days um three days yeah about three days I would say yeah
3: what a
2: party Um, what a party (laughs) and then we we eked out one more Christmas with him yeah and then he died the following May just before I graduated Mm. um and you know I really do flip between that time you know thinking about that that last year we had that borrowed time, as you say. Um, we were blessed to have that time with him. Yeah. You know, I think he kind of, he was a bit of a marvel. I think he was amazed by, he amazed a lot of his uh, consultants. Yeah. But I think that was down to my month. I really do. You think, yeah. She, Aww. I mean, talk about, you know, to talk about their relationship which I wasn't expecting to do, by the way. So this is beautiful, actually. Talk about it, yeah, love. that love. She yeah, cared
3: absolutely. for
2: him. She absolutely mm. cared for him. And I witnessed that. Um, mm. I don't really know what yeah. to say, other than it was just, yeah. it was beautiful.
1: A beautiful love
2: to and witness. And we were there when he died. You know, he, mm. yeah, loves witness. And he he was at home when he died. And we were there, and I feel very honoured to have been there when he died. Yeah. I remember asking him, so he kind of sort of slipped into a coma two or three days before he died, but I remember it was my, um, somebody's birthday at our house. I can't remember now whose it was. And he was too poorly, really, to kind of be there. He was in bed, and I remember laying with him, and I remember saying to him, are you scared? Mm. And I thought, gosh, what a brave question to have asked. I was 21. And I said, and I, um, yeah, I marvel at myself in that moment, actually. I'm yeah. so proud of myself for asking it. And I think, it, uh, I think about it. And I think that's because we never really discussed it as a family. Mm-hmm. But I was able to ask him on our own, are you scared? And he turned to me and
3: went, no, I'm not scared. Wow.
2: But I, I knew he was. Yeah. You're looking, he
3: you looking? and you He just liked...
2: didn't, he couldn't, couldn't go there.
3: No. You know. he, he
1: wasn't going to tell his baby girl that. No, no, he wasn't. I'm petrified. I don't want to leave you. I don't want
2: to leave yeah, you, yeah. Mum. I don't, don't want to leave yeah, you. Yeah. I leave but I thought, God, that's that's so interesting, actually, reflecting on that now.
1: Yeah. Um. You're thinking back to that you who did that, and you think, I I know exactly what you mean at the moment. You know, and just you don't expect that you're going to ask that and you just kind of go, Yeah, you scared? And you think, why have I just asked that? I, yes I, I remember there was a pause and I was like oh, <laughs> oh crap not ready for the answer <laughs> at all yeah you're thinking yeah. one I've just sprung that on him and then two am I even ready to mm. hear what that answer may be mm. um mm. and then to have that moment and as you said you know as as you know you didn't really speak about it in that last year um mm. that was your time
2: that was our time and it was full of a lot of laughter mm. you know um pockets of, of of beautiful moments. Yeah. And I remember um also very vividly, I was auditioning for drama school mm. and um I was auditioning for I had a second audition at I think it was Lambda, okay. quite a big drama school. Right. And I remember standing on the Getting on the train to go down to London, and it and it got to Doncaster, and I got off the train. Did you? I did. I got off the train. Yeah,
1: just thought I can't do it.
2: This was this was about two months before he died. Yeah, yeah. I got off the train at Doncaster, and I remember standing on the tra- on the platform yeah, as the I... train moved off. I was like, "What have I done?" Yeah, and I rang uh, yeah. my mum and I said, "I'm at Doncaster <clears throat> station." And she was like, "Oh, are you on your way? Are you on your way to an audition?" <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm coming home." Yeah. She was like, "Oh." <laughs> I was like, I just need to come home. Yeah. I had this overwhelming sense of.
1: Gravitational. My, pull. At the minute,
2: I just can't do this. Yeah. I need to be with you.
3: Yeah.
2: And we had, I remember, I can't remember what we did. I can't remember what we said, but there was this sense of coming home. I needed to go home. Mm. And that's, God, that's so interesting. I've remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the kind of coming. reflecting and talking. It's there, right? <laughs> to tell you that, you know, your body keeps, I've got tingles. Yeah, just just remembering yeah. that. Um, obviously was important to to have done. And I listened, and I did it. Yeah. And then he died. And then I, I remember going into the bathroom, sitting on the floor, trying to make myself cry. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't. Yeah. I remember kind of going like really trying to force I in a really weird comical way trying to force myself to cry and I was like why aren't I crying
1: yeah yeah um
2: and then it was just I was just I mean the only word I can kind of describe living with grief and living with this incredible man in my life having Mm. gone was to cocoon myself okay I had layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. I never, I just didn't want to go there. Yeah. I didn't want to, couldn't really begin to talk about it. Even I remember looking at coffins. Mum and I were, were looking at coffins and we were laughing our heads off.
3: Hmm. It's a very some strange of these coffins moment. coffins that you
2: could get, like yeah. Elvis-style t- coffins. And I remember <laughs>
1: We were laughing,
2: and I remember looking at it, going, "Why are we oh, laughing?"
1: I no, I did. I was God, same.
2: This is so fucking weird, isn't it? And it just felt so wrong to laugh. But <laughs> why? You know, when you think about, it, honestly, even I remember even wicker baskets. Yeah, you put in a wicker <laughs> basket.
3: That's the one that we laughed
2: at. Darling, we can't put him in a wicker basket.
1: Okay. Yeah, we really can't, Mum. That, that's a bit. Shit. Oh, it is. It's, it's those little moments it's where they're so, so harrowing, and you think, yeah, oh my god, like you got. I remember, yeah, my, myself and my family. When it was me, me, and my brother. Uh, my partner he'd come and my mum's great aunt and her great uncle were there and we were there in the funeral directors and sat around the table and the lady she starts passing the catalogs round to all of us (laughs) honestly the the, the, the catalog catalog. like that and I'm looking through it and I was I was almost like I was out of my body and I went am I really Um, fucking doing this turning the page and i was like this is like the deaf argos catalog like this is just (laughs) like it's a joke brilliant and i'm looking at the coffin. yeah you get this nice little lining as well and i went she's going in the ground she's going in the fucking ground babe i'm not wasting grand upon grand for something that's gonna rot (laughs) and just the surreal yeah come out laughing absolutely Mm. howling but strange how you find those yeah little golden nuggets of laughter. You think this is actually really harrowing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't laugh, you cry sometimes. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I sort of sit and marvel at the strength of my mum because she really did. My mum was uh, was the organizer. You know, mm. she was chief. She. She had everything down. She God, give her a project, give her a task. She was in her element, and she really took that on as task. I mean, his wake was incredible; like Mm. his funeral was fantastic. I love (laughs) that funeral can be fantastic. Yeah, they can. But it was. um, She threw herself into the planning of it, and I just sort of sat there, like in my cocoon, Mm, mm. in my feeling. You know what it was? It just felt invisible.
1: Yeah, okay. That's very interesting. It was in,
2: I just felt invisible. Yeah. And do you um, think that
1: comes from where the house that you lived in with dad, he made he was the person who sort of like made you feel you're most visible? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There was something about my scaffolding. Yeah. That Didn't necessarily crumble because my mum was there and she was just she was strength upon strength. Yeah,
1: but one of your pillars has been taken.
2: But one of yeah, yeah, and it was a case of um, I ran. I yeah, like was just like what next? I don't, Mm. I don't get it. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, um and it was okay that no one talked about him. Mm-hmm. It was, it, that was okay. Yeah. You know, until really people stopped checking in with me, yeah. you know, when the, the calls stop and there is a real, and I think every person that is grieving or is mourning or is, understands what grief is Mm. knows this particular moment when that stops when that ends when those calls stop coming in the flowers stop the texts stop Mm. there is a real moment where that realization is
1: very palpable it's so overwhelming yeah
2: it's it's like right this is it and then I needed to scream Mm. and then I needed to get angry and there was no it felt like no one was there to kind of Mm. Listen, or no one was willing to kind of allow me that yeah. space to grieve, mm. Mm. and that's nobody's fault, and it's not yeah. my fault. It's just the way it was,
3: yeah. and
2: um I carried that for years. Mm. Yeah, it sounds very dramatic. How I'm recording, no, but yeah. <laughs> it is. It, it's, it's I. It was a felt grief experience of of real anger that I held for years.
3: Mm.
2: And, you know, subsequent years after he died, you know, I was I was in a very toxic relationship mm-hmm. that was very synonymous. This man was very synonymous with my father and I just lynched him. Yeah. I was like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah,
1: you're mine.
2: And it was just, we both suffocated in that relationship. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't a nurturing, loving one. Yeah. And, you know, I did the, the usual stuff that 21-year-olds do. You know, I started drama school, which was sort of slightly ironic because drama school is sort of a place where Expression. you have to be very open. Yeah. You have to express yourself <laughs> and you're like, absolutely. And I'm just like, nope. My walls up. And I remember up. I had a, I had an incredible, my walls were up. And I was so good at showing everybody yeah. I was all right. Mm you know? Oh, my dad died four months ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm here. Don't worry um, guys. That I've got I'm this. here. I'm at drama school. I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get a kick ass agent. Yeah, I'm going to show my dad I can do this. I'm fine yeah. guys. Seriously. I'm fine. I'm mm. okay. And, um, Oh God. Yeah. I think back. I'm like, I just, I wish, you know, and I, I did actually have a lot of conversations around that with my mum. Mm. I said, "Why didn't you stop me?" Yeah, you know why did? And she was like, "It wasn't my." I mean, testament to her, right? As a parent, Mm -hmm. oh, as the most incredible mum. She said, "It wasn't my. That wasn't my. That wasn't my job."
1: Yeah, my job
2: was to know that you were safe and happy. That's so true. But I would never tell you not to go or not
1: to do it. Not to learn your own lessons and to learn your own. Yeah, you way. had to go
2: out there and do it. I would never keep you here. I would or never you tell it. you not to do
1: it. Yeah, yeah. As like she said, as long as you're safe, you're not causing harm to yourself or others. But then I think I did a lot of. But then yeah, it's a, some, lot of facade a lot of, a lot of my mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 She might have seen and yeah, mum, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Great I'm good. But oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crying inside but i think parents I like probably even nice. your mum, she yeah very she nice. could have mm. she could have probably seen that and thought it but yeah. have hurt her to mm. see that i could see where this is going but yeah. she needs to know yeah, I, I had many so conversations true. with my mum, sort of like that and sort of like i'd think why would she not sort of, do that and I like, she's she was just very much mother who would she as long you know we could have ch- even that comes to like of like GCSEs or something like that. I'd be like, I'm going to do this. And she would, no, sort of like, no, I, I, I don't really think you oh. should, but. You're an adult. You need to make your own things in life right. and learn from these things. And there would be things where I think, for fuck's sake, I wish she just maybe gave me more guidance on that. But I right. look back and I really she she let me express thank myself. Her. I thank her. She 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 never she never put she never put rules or parameters in on me. I was a very free child, um and was able to sort of mm. dabble with things. Any sort of like curriculum or anything I wanted to do, she'd be like, "Yeah, we'll do it." And if you like it, you don't. You don't mm. Whatever. Um, but yeah, and. I think there's something really, te- like, telling of your mum there of how she probably, I think she probably did see that, yeah, maybe you going mm. off to drama school mm. four months after dad has died, maybe not care, okay, but she's mm. thinking, no, my baby girl, this is her, she has to do do these things for her. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then going mm. into, so mm. dad's 17 years ago. Mm. And then, so within those within those years, you and mum, mm. how how was how was things between you and mum? And like, did you did mm. your mum speak of dad often? Mm. A lot,
2: yeah, yeah, all the time,
1: yeah,
2: all the time. Um, I, it's interesting as I sort of think about maybe the first. I know, mean, I was honestly, but I was kind of in a world of my own. Yeah, those maybe first sort of four or five years after yeah. my dad died. Living up in London. Mm. Still had a, a, a very strong relationship with my mum. Yeah. But I can't I really recall back I it's a bit of it's a real blur. Yeah, I feel yeah. Of how we Yeah, spoke about my dad. Um she we had moved out of the childhood home by then and she was renting somewhere else and she found that very difficult. Mm there was, she, there was no real moving on.
3: Yeah.
2: Can I say that in grief? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. There was no continuation of her existence, her yeah. life, her, she was very much stuck in that moment of losing my dad. Yeah. And um, not that you ever, ever, ever can get over I hate that saying. I know, yeah. Get over the person who's mm-hmm. died. But in terms of accepting that he wasn't here, I don't think she ever got that. No. Ever. Yeah. Ever. She knew this man since she was 16. Exactly. Um, He was her life. Yeah. And this is why, I mean, I think we'll get there eventually, but this is when my training as a therapist really kind of came, it, it, it changed my life. Yeah. And ultimately, it changed a lot of relationships in my life, including the one I had with my mum. Okay.
3: Yeah, this yeah. is what I
1: wanted to ask you. So, um, yeah. after you so went to university, left, did drama school, went to drama school, drama school and tried then... to be an actress. <laughs> I think, we, I think we all at one point in our lives think, do you know what, Ike has axed, Ike has asked. Like yeah. We all think, do you know what? Oh, and I was so,
2: I mean, I took it very seriously. <laughs> I think that was probably one of the issues. It was very serious for me. There was, <laughs> was just like, oh God, it, it was, Um, God, it was fun though. I had exactly. Fun regardless, it really was, regardless, but, you had God, fun. It wasn't, I was never going to go anywhere. I mean, that, 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 yeah.
1: So funny. Yeah, I
2: mean, put me in a put me in a costume and prance me around a stage. You your, in my your element. In
1: your element. Love that, and I love that. And, with...
2: and I met some yeah. great
1: people, but yeah.
2: it it there comes a point where it was kind of forced actually upon me a little bit to stop, and that okay. was the end of this very toxic relationship <laughs> I was in, and yeah. that came to an end, and it was like I need to sever everything.
1: That uh, was the a real kind clean. of moment. I
2: need to sever, and I moved to Australia.
1: Well, But <laughs> well, everyone goes. Everyone Fucks off to Australia when
3: they I'm need right. a
2: <laughs> knee. and my mum. I mean, should we just talk about yeah, the mother's intervention, yeah. As a mother? Yeah. And I was at this stage. I was on antidepressants. Oh
3: god! I wow.
2: I was smoking and drinking. Yeah, excessive. Yeah, far too much. I was in. I was on antidepressants. Um, I was coming out of this very bad relationship, mm. still holding the grief of my father that I'd n- not even begun to open yeah. to peek Ew inside. Bag, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, here I was going to my mum. So I'm going to move to Australia, and she's like, <laughs> "You know." And I said, as a mother <laughs> okay, myself darling. now, I'm like, "How did she Let leave you go. me at gate number four? You know? <laughs> how?" did she walk away from me yeah
1: she's probably there like just let her do it let her do it she's gotta learn she's gotta learn
2: yeah yeah and she just knew that's something I had to do yeah and it's so interesting that you say that everyone has to kind of migrate away from Mm -hmm. pain yeah but you can put distance there you can physically make a change but you ain't going to transition because no. that shit's coming, it's with, coming you. with you it's, it's in long your suitcase space,
1: darling it's in your yes, suitcase it's
2: absolutely in your suitcase <laughs> yeah physically and metaphorically all my days. because i took yeah. my dad's i took one of my dad's jumpers photos of wow. him and, come on yeah <laughs> and it was an interesting choice of australia because he lived he himself lived out there for quite a long okay. time it was one of his nearly he nearly moved there wow when he was in the navy he and i think he. He dated a girl from Australia that was very serious. I even know her name, Betty.
3: <gasps> Betty! Betty
2: from Australia. Betty from Down Under. Um, Betty from Down Under. <laughs> that was a terrible accent. A terrible yeah. Australian accent was not on my accent It TV was not, yeah. they not Australian uh, roles. I think
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
2: I knew how much Australia, what that meant to him. Yeah. And that's why I went there. You, for, yeah,
1: you, you know, feel that gravitational so, pull there? Is that why you chose Australia?
2: It's, it is, and also a part of, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was, I needed to connect to him. Yeah. And I knew that that place was important. So it's like, I'm going to go there because that mm. meant something to him. Mm. That is continuing the bond. Yeah. I and mean, if we want to talk a little bit about grief theory, yeah. but how vital it is and how important to acknowledge that. Mm. That's what I needed to do. And I was desperately unhappy when I was there. Yeah. My God.
1: That's, as that's, awful. and That's I can imagine that would be awful. so... Yeah, so you, you've gone with the expectation of trying to feel closer with dad. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and it's not met your expectation. I was
2: on my own. And then you're... I didn't go with anybody. I didn't yeah, know anyone there. exactly, and, you... and here I was in Australia. I was like, lol, what are you doing? <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. What and I would so ring my mum and I'd be the facade, you know. Even though you're, because I'm very good at that as, yeah. as an actor. <laughs> oh, look at my! I've got my shit together. Look how fun! <laughs> what fun I'm having! So you okay? And that I remember, yeah. And it was kind of before I think FaceTime was around. Yeah, I think or Skype. Maybe. No Skype. It's good old it's Skype. Good old Skype. I yeah, was skyping my mum. and I could see that she'd been crying. Oh. and I said to her. Have you been crying?
3: Mm. And
2: her default answer was like, "No, darling, no." And I'm like, "You've been crying." Yeah. So she went, "Okay, a little bit." <laughs> and, and she said, "I think you're unhappy."
1: And she feels it.
2: And I was like, um,
1: "Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, Mum. I think maybe
2: I might be." And then, and then something happened. My grandfather died. Yeah.
1: Wow. So um, her father, her father, her
2: stepfather who, um, they were close. Mm. I was very close to. So I came home Mm. and then I kind of dabbled a little bit in the travelling afterwards, but I never, I was just so lost. Yeah. I was so lost.
1: Trying to find your place in the world.
2: Oh God, I was so lost. I was so angry and sad. Um, and I kind of made there was a bit of a turning point. I was, I was sofa surfing in London. I'd mm. come back to London and I was staying on a friend's sofa. And there was something about being amongst my people, mm. you know, you know, your people. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, they're still very much in my life today. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, we
1: see you. Yeah. Like we know you. Lord. Yeah. <laughs>
2: what the fuck? Yeah. Like, come on, oh. come on. They didn't quite say it like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But it is sometimes but, you need those people, yeah. and that's when it all comes crumble.
3: Yeah. Someone yeah. just
1: to go, like, you know, how are you? But really, how are you? Even just something like yeah. that. And you go,
3: no, okay. There's
1: that moment is now, where are you? And I'm like, I'm
2: fine. Yeah. It's like literally that sketch from, Your friends. from Friends, isn't it, with Ross. I'm fine. I kiss <laughs> totally myself at that fine. every time.
3: Literally. I tell-
2: and they (laughs) look at me it's a look isn't it
3: they just see right through "Uh you
2: and they're like how are you and you're like (laughs) (laughs) terrible (laughs) I'm so lost yeah um and yeah I I I can't really think of a defining moment but I I I thought well I have this chance now yeah to have an opportunity to kind of
1: Yes, I, I want to know, yeah, where, where, where in this timeline was it mm. I'm going to become a therapist? So did drama therapist come first and then bereavement therapist or other way around? Yeah. Okay.
2: So it wasn't really at that particular moment. I'd, mm. um, I needed to get ducks in a row. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like, so I needed to get my ducks <laughs> in yeah, a row a yeah. little
1: bit. So mush it out, yeah. Get
2: back on my feet a bit. And I started renting a room in a friend's house. I got a a, a real steady job, a well-paid steady job um that was working for um a property company. Yeah. You know, nothing in the realm of where I am now, yeah. but it was it was needed. I yeah. was living in London, I was on my feet. I um and then I met a man. Mm. Mm. I met a man and I went <laughs> okay, you're different. <laughs>
3: Okay. Oh, you like
1: but I like it. All
2: right then. <laughs> Kinda like you. You're absolutely not what I would go for on yeah. paper. But <laughs> you're kind of a living embodiment of everything actually I need. Oh, I love
3: that. What's that like? Yeah. That feels
2: weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna push you away. I'm gonna just leave you there. Push you away. You can stay Bye. there. <laughs> and I carried on and I carried on and he was persistent 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 Mm. and then we started dating and then he I'm not saying that a man saved me because I certainly didn't need saving yeah there there was no saving involved at all there was no rescuing involved I think what he did was he went I'm not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, you can push, push, push where you want.
2: Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. But what, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to <laughs> fart around? Or do you kind of want to just hang out with me and have fun and enjoy life?
1: Yeah.
2: And he, it was a really interesting moment with him. Let's be transparent, shall yeah. we? He's now my husband. Yeah. <laughs> I married him <laughs> but I married him um I remember him and I can't remember how many dates in we were but he asked about my dad
3: yeah
2: and it was the first time where someone completely detached from my life someone who was starting to mean something to you yeah really starting to make me feel things I'd never felt before. Yeah. And he then asked me questions about my dad and I was like, I don't know how to answer them. Yeah, I've never been I'm asked. I was gonna probably cry a little bit. That's now. all right. Oh. No, that's okay. You I yeah. I don't know how to answer them. Yeah. And I want to very yeah. much. I need to know. I need to tell you about my dad. Yeah. I
1: need to tell you about the man he was I just because I need to know how to do it, yeah
2: because you are starting to mean too much to me to not. Yeah. And I remember telling my mum about this and she was just beside herself with joy and glee oh, that I met somebody who yeah. was, who was, um, who uh, yeah, who was, who was starting to be just important. important. And she met him and then then the picture of my father started to unravel for him. But for me, it yeah. was the most incredible thing. On our very very first date, he got out a hanky,
3: mm.
2: and my dad always carried a hanky. Yeah, he was an old fashioned gent. Yeah, and he timpled out a hanky, and I kind of went, <gasps> oh,
3: yeah.
2: And he went, I know, I know, it's, I know who carries a hanky, but I love them, and I looked went that. Oh, my God.
1: You like, I'm in love with you. It was
2: just a, it, it was a little moment <laughs> yeah. like that. Where I was, and he still has a hanky. Oh. And now we have kids. It's like, you got your hanky. And yeah. he's like wiping but in their, their noses with the hanky. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it was it was so synonymous with my dad. And it was this real moment of, oh, my God, you look like my dad. Yeah. Yeah. The want of a better word. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you're like my dad. It's the
2: that my something that my dad had yeah and did he'd always pull his head key out yeah what? and that little bit of comfort it was really comforting yeah yeah, yeah. and I started to feel safe mm. I started to feel his love made me grieve safely amazing um because everybody that is grieving needs a safe place to grieve and be allowed to do it in their way. Yeah. And he never tried to box it for me. He never tried to contextualize like he just let it be. Let it be, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, all right Yeah. Yeah. And he really was a turning point for me in my grief, having met a man who not only did kind of trigger memories of my father, but actually made me go. I need to have a conversation want, about my grief. Yeah, and I want to share it. I need to do it. Mm. And that's when I found a fantastic therapist, mm-hmm. and my life changed. Yeah. And then I went. This is interesting.
3: Mm.
2: Okay. This is opening up a different world. And then, I, started volunteering for Kids Company. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that company. Um. And I was working in a school. So the drama, I think, was still very strong in me. Like I was teaching drama Mm. a lot and um, I knew that it was important to me. I wanted to kind of be creative in that way. And I was working um, in a school in Battersea. Doing I say working, I was volunteering. So I was helping out with some of the drama classes and Mm. looking after some of the kids. And there was a music therapist there. And I remember one lunchtime we were talking and I was like, what is music therapy? Mm. Talk to me about mm-hmm. it. And they did. And I was like, oh, there's drama therapy. And I went, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's drama therapy? You're
3: like, drama? What the hell is drama therapy? therapy?
2: I need to know what that is. Yeah. And it's interesting how the ducks just started to line up. And the, it, yeah. it was like, and I went home and I told Tim about it. Mm. Um, and he was like, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And I was like, it sounds
1: very cool. <laughs>
2: Not a bit cool. Is it's
1: very cool.
2: <laughs> and this is the man he is, right? Yeah. I was sitting at my desk in my boring job and he sent me through an email to a link to drama therapy training course.
1: Amazing.
2: And I clicked it and... I swear to God, if an email could change your life, really? this is, sounds so dramatic no, again, doesn't yeah. it? I love the drama. Yeah. I love the
3: drama. <laughs>
2: and I remember scrolling through this course going, I need to do this. Yeah. And I applied. Mm-hmm. I got in, mm. quit my job all in the space of like 3 months. No way. And I never had a single doubt.
1: No. You knew never this had
2: meant a single, to be. I just knew. Of course there were moments of like Yeah, uh,
1: the more on the scale it was, I'm like, like, going okay. to be okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow. I'm going to be okay. I need to do this. And honestly training changed my life. Yeah. Changed my life. Mm. It changed me and it honestly did make me into a better human. Yeah. You're going to ask me how in a minute. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But I do know that there's something. In, it made me more patient.
3: Yeah.
2: I think kids has also helped with that tremendously. Yeah. But yeah. There's something in the um, immersion of creativity. Yeah. The immersion of allowing movement,
3: mm-hmm.
2: allowing an image, yeah. allowing something in my body, connecting my mind and my body, which I'd never done before in my life. Yeah. And um, it was just like, just all the windows and the doors just blew open. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And um, coupled with the fact that I was training with some incredible human beings mm. who I'm still, a, I'm still very close to one of whom I'm still working with.
1: Yeah.
2: And that collaborative joy of working with other human beings within creativity, it yeah, just was the most yeah. awakening moment. And I ended up working I made the I say I made the mistake, it wasn't a mistake at all, but I remember saying to one of the tutors that um I wanted to explore working in bereavement and yeah. end of life and mm. they put me in a fucking hospice as wow. a placement. Oh my god. My last year. And I remember going Oh yeah. my god fitting it. <laughs> yeah. Going, okay, and this was my last year of training. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I'll never forget the guy that looked after me mm. um, there. Um, and I spent just under a year doing a placement there.
3: Mm.
2: It's at St. Christopher's Hospice. Okay. So I think it's it's a well-known hospice. Yeah. Incredible experience. I mean, I could go, I mean, it's probably another podcast. I'm, I mean, I'd, yeah, like I'd Romania love to. Like I'd but
1: love to, yeah. It was
2: the most incredible experience. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is palliative care. This is end-of-life care. This is very, this is a really type of, it's very unique work. Yeah, big time, big time. It's it's heavy, but it's just so full of joy.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And that's
2: when I started to kind of look at the nuances
1: of grief. Mm.
2: My relationship with my grief changed Mm. completely. And I started to find joy. In it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that was really the most empowering thing because I'd spent ten plus years d- like do. I mean, I swear to God, I think I-, I walked around for ten years with my head down,
1: coasting. That's kind of coasting. how I feel. Yeah,
2: just, I just like oh, the weight of it.
1: Yeah, on your neck. Um, yeah,
2: my neck.
1: Yeah, and it's like you, and it, then, in your body, isn't it, and riddled.
2: It's in your body. Yeah. I
1: mean, the body keeps the score. Do you know what Laura? I've tried to read that book, and I, I, I'm adamant oh, to get through it. it's heavy. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I do. T- I do talk about it with clients a yeah. lot. It's a it's a phenomenal book. Dip I'm, in and out. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to
1: have to do. I've, I've dipped out for a while, yeah. and I'm ready yeah. to go back. I think now
3: because yeah. it's it a lot. It is the most
1: incredible yeah. book. Yeah, I, I, in, I was enjoying, but I was just like, I was reading, and I was like, I need to just digest this for a few days. Yeah, and then I'll come back. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very keen to finish it. But yeah, I think that's another. Yeah. That's, that'll be another episode.
2: <laughs> that is another yeah. episode, right? Yeah. Also, there are some um, other books that we can talk about, absolutely. which are very affirming, but they're tough.
1: But they're yeah. Poor. yeah. Um. But yes, I'll say yeah, I completely oh, took te- you off. It. Yes, I, I, I completely <laughs> took you off there. Um. <laughs> yeah. So you felt like you had your head down, sort of, in the last ten years. Yeah. And then now um, in the hospice, you felt like you had. Yeah. Finally, looked up.
2: Yeah. And I thought actually this is where I need to be. Mm. I need to work in this because how can I not? Yeah. I think was the response. How can I not? I've had this this lived experience of this. Yeah. And just beginning to kind of acknowledge, shall we just plain put as anger? Yeah. You know, in, in all its forms. And I, I, I do recognize that I am very oh, how do I say it? I think anger and grief is something that I'm very in touch with.
1: Yeah. It's more I familiar. Think I it's more familiar, more yeah. comfortable. That's what I found too. Yeah. yeah. It's more comfortable to sit yes. with. Have, yeah. Have you? Yeah. It's more yeah. it's a more comfortable feeling to express right. than yeah. to um to go and that's why I think, yeah, for the first three years of mine it was just rage, 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 rage. Because I didn't have the language on how to communicate. No, I'm just really fucking sad inside.
3: Yeah.
1: And so, but more anger was a better expression for me. But then equally, it made me feel shit. So it was a strange one.
2: How did you channel it? Do you think you did?
1: I channeled it for grief gang. Grief gang, it was, yeah, it was grief gang for me. I had so much anger and I just thought I need to kind of just get the anger out sort of on pen to paper through the mic through whatever it is and then to see where it goes and maybe look back on it and and have that digital footprint all that documentation and Mm. look back and then even the online space it's educated me yeah it's educated me and gone that bit of what you're feeling I'll never forget this one quote that I saw and it was like I always get it wrong whenever I say it um she sat with me long enough my grief sat with me long enough until she told me her real name or my fuck I fucked it I fucked it (laughs) it was like like, my anger my anger sat with me long enough until she told me her real name was grief and I remember seeing that and I remember going fuck fuck Mm. that's Mm -hmm. it and yeah that was quite Mm -hmm. a key point turning turning point for me so yeah I think it's definitely mine was through a
2: story which okay. is quite apt considering what I do, but it was it was whilst I was training, mm. and I read a story, um, and I actually wrote my dissertation on it. It's wow. an old Japanese myth, okay. and it's about this girl that that goes in, in search of um, a gift. Oh God, I can't even remember it now. <laughs> i just boned up on it before I came on. <laughs> um, but all I remember is that she's she's on this incredible journey, okay. and she. Doubts herself throughout. She turns back. She goes back, and she gets to this cave, and there's this bear in there, yeah. and the bear comes up to her and fucking roars in her face.
3: Yeah,
2: roars in her face, goes for yeah. it. She stood there, and she doesn't flinch. Yeah, she doesn't. She she doesn't flinch. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, what? Yeah, cool as a cucumber. And then they become friends. And it was just, it wasn't necessarily a story around grief, but the themes mm-hmm. in it were just so. And the nature of drama therapy is the story is told, mm-hmm. and then you enact it. Yeah, whatever part of the story perhaps resonates, or there's an image that you can kind of conceptualize in your body. Yeah, and I became the bear.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And I just was roaring in this girl's face. Yeah. I mean, this sounds out there. <laughs> no, not for someone really. that perhaps has no idea of drama therapy or what we even do. I mean, they're like, well, "You did what? <laughs> you
3: but, just in to sit with face. it
2: I roared in someone's face, but I was literally, I was again. It's, it's, I, uh, uh, it was a safe space. Mm it was allowed. It was, it was, it was in that moment. And I thought I'm going to take it. And I remember roaring in this poor girl's face. (laughs) Roared. And I went for it and she took it. Amazing. She fucking took it. She's like, yeah, fucking bring it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear, I see you. I hear your roar. Mm. And I remember doing it and I think I cried for about an hour. And then I was like, fucking eh. Yeah, this is it. Mm. This is it. This is what this is what I need to connect with. Yeah. This is what I need to, to know that suddenly it's this has not gone away. Yeah.
1: It's here and it's it's thriving in here.
2: It's it's really thriving. Yeah. And and I feel it sometimes when my daughters do something that triggered me. Yeah. And it's
1: Yeah, it comes. And yeah. I
2: even felt it, you know, even this week, I've had a week off work. I've had a lot of alone time. Mm. And I've been really uncomfortable. Okay. A lot of stuff's come up. And I think yeah. that's the nature of working so heavily in grief improvement. But I even yeah. felt it then. I felt where I just so uncomfortable. Mm. It sits in my body yeah. and I know exactly where it is. Yeah. And hey, you know, it's okay.
1: Yeah. It's okay to acknowledge it, it's, yeah. And find your okay. way to release so, that, release yeah. that pressure.
2: And there's something that's really empowering about that. Mm. Um Yeah, anger is definitely an emotion I'm very much in cahoots with.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're pals. We're pals. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Anger pals.
1: We're good pals. Um, So, with it then, you touched on this sort of how you say that sort of ties in with um, the work that you're doing with that. And I want to ask you, so, so, then, yeah, you've now gone in, so you've gone into your career of working in grief and bereavement therapy and services um and as you said you know that's how fulfilling and I'm saying enriching was working within the hospice but being bereaved yourself and obviously then by both parents um touching actually let's go back going back going back in the timeline so you say mum died four years ago and then you started Mm. your bereavement um and therapy yeah then So when you, so you were, I'm going to presume you were fully fledged within, within that career of yours. So the
2: timeline actually is, is, yeah, it's probably quite important in the context of, of, of how I work in grief and bereavement. Mm. So after I graduated, my mom was really poorly. Yeah. Um, so I had been working for maybe professionally for maybe two or three months. Okay. Um, and I wasn't. I was working in a school, actually, um, and also with learning disability, but I wasn't necessarily working with the grief and bereavement stuff I am today. Um, And then, um, yeah, so really uh, working professionally for about three months, and then my mum got really sick. Um, And then two months later, she died. Wow. Um, And I just discovered I was pregnant Mm. with our first little bear Mm. um so so much it's quite a torturous it's such a torturous timeline like I it's and that's something I grapple with a lot yeah is that timeline Mm. you know um my mum's health have been she's never really had the best health yeah um And I definitely knew the Novus. So she died in the February and in the November she was in hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't even know I was pregnant with my first then.
3: Mm.
2: And I remember being, she was, this was her first bout in hospital. She was in and out loads. But I remember, you know, it's really interesting actually Amber is I've got a lot of our chat on WhatsApp archived. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you keep it. And I did this
2: thing the other day. Yeah, I did this thing the other day where I just indulged and I went there and I read them.
1: Mm.
2: Which I've not done in a very long time. Neither,
1: I've not
2: yet. And I actually scrolled to the conversation we had after I'd been in hospital Mm. because I'd had a coffee and I felt I couldn't drink the coffee. I'm quite a big coffee drinker. Mm. I couldn't drink the coffee in the hospital. And she went, um, she sent me a message just sort of saying how lovely it was to see me and, you know, I'm going to get out of here and blah, 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 blah. And she went, P.S., do you need to do a pregnancy test? Mm. And I was like,
1: <laughs>
3: do I? Yeah, you have Do
1: I? Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, because in a way. She knew before I did. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And what else I love with um, the whole sort of mother-daughter and then daughter is mm. there, how Nan, my mummy, sort of carried baby as well. Because egg with an egg with an egg, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I love that.
2: It's the woman, the woman yeah. drummer. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Love it. Something about the the ovaries being. Yeah. Yeah. Already there. So, Ossley was in me, in my mum. Yeah. yeah. Same as my mum was in my grandmother.
1: Exactly. We're a seed, aren't
2: we? Continues, We're a seed. beautiful.
1: Yeah. yeah. And now um, she already knew um, with that. She kind of thought,
2: hmm. She already knew. I'm getting And excited. she was right. It was <laughs> 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 so, just so lovely. And I, again, it was so beautiful that she knew. Mm. You know, we I t- we told her a month later. But I was even then, I wasn't even three months. Yeah. It was very early. And then I remember sharing my first scan picture with her. Mm. We told her her name. We hadn't yeah. told anybody. This was at the stage where we knew where she was going to die. Yeah. And I shared her name with my mum. And you know what I wish? I wish I recorded her saying her name. Yeah,
1: something like that.
2: I just, uh, yeah, yeah, I really do. Mm. But I, I, her face lit up.
1: Yeah, you had that memory of when you told her. I do yeah. have that memory
2: of her. And then she declined very, very, very quickly. Mm. Um. And what was so interesting was this lived experience of as both losing dad. Yeah. And actually how in that, but also in the very nature of what I do for a living, mm. we talked about it. Yeah, It was such a different. You went there. We went there mm. and it was remarkable. And it's something that I treasure so much. Yeah. It was just, I can't let this happen again. Mm. It's too great. It's too great not to talk about it. And we talked about feelings.
3: Mm.
2: You know, I remember saying to her, I might break down again.
3: It's okay.
2: I remember saying to her, this was maybe two or three days before she died, actually. She was very lucid. And I said to her, how am I going to do this without you? How am I going to be a parent without you? I know. <laughs> and she, I remember she said to me, she said, you'll know what to do. And there was something so beautiful in that remark because my God, it must have crucified her. Yeah. I can't even go there now as a parent. Yeah. Having that conversation with one of my little girls. Yeah. And her response was just so incredible because I understand it. Yeah. It's a mother's intuition. Yeah. that's what she was saying to me she said you are born to do this you'll know what to do you've got it yeah and it's something so strong in me now god it took me a while bloody hell yeah but it's so strong in me now I have no doubts or concerns about me caring and loving for those two little girls
1: absolutely because of my mum yeah and and Laura even (laughs) yeah even the other day, not to delve too much into pub, but like when you put little pick of you and your little girl going out, getting your nails done and doing and getting her hair yeah. done. I was like yeah. I looked at that and I was just like, Oh okay. I went, Oh so lovely. Yeah. It's those and and that is
2: that is continuing the bond. Yeah. And I look up honestly, there are moments where I look up and I go, You'll love this. Yeah. Because I know she'd freaking love it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. She was
2: all. My mum was all about the nails and the hair and the glamour. The the glamour, yeah, yeah. But she would just be in. She would love it, and I know she does.
3: Yeah,
2: it's those little things that punctuate my life as a mother. I mean, the landscape of my grief is being a mum. Yeah whilst grieving a mum yeah. and grieving a dad yeah I'm an orphan
3: yeah you know
2: and it's, it's such a powerful thing to acknowledge
3: yeah and that's
2: taken me a really long time yeah um and legacy and heritage and I think there's something of when you do lose a parent I mean I felt after my mum died I felt like I was walking around without a layer of skin
3: yeah just
1: bare to I
2: the really world did. I just, yeah yeah and I've Interestingly, actually, I've reconnected with that feeling this week having not worked, okay. not being in the therapy room, what that does. Yeah. yeah. Um and that's just part of it. Um there's something also I heard someone say the other day, um, oh, which was so beautiful about parent loss. Mm. It's you know, when you lose a parent or lose both parents, you kind of you lose our life's witness. Yeah. And I feel it's such a beautiful Yeah. Such a beautiful sentence. Because they, you know, they're the first ones to clap eyes on you. Literally. Right?
1: To touch you and hold you To in touch and you, you, to
2: to love you, to see you, to hear you, everything. Yeah. And when you lose that it it forces you to change, yeah. to transition. It has to. Mm. That has that it will happen. Yeah. Whether we fight it, um, mm, yeah. which we probably will. Um. But it's pain. It's pain. It's mm. pain. Yeah. It's pain. And um. I don't know if you're aware of this lady called Julia Samuel. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: Julia.
1: Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Oh, Julia. Amazing. Julia. Jules.
2: Ju- <laughs> oh, Jules. <laughs> I'm. I'm not as arrogant to say I can call her Jules, <laughs> but she, I um, love her life She.
1: I a love load her load. life. I think she's... Have you read any of her books? No, they're on my list. They're on my, list. My, my book's like
3: this. Right. <laughs> Can't right. Through them.
1: I've got eight by my bed. Literally, it's insane. I'm
2: a, I'm a dipper. Me I'm too. A dipper. I sometimes really go in, but yeah. I, 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 a lot. I mean, my husband literally looks at my stack and he's like, do you want to read anything other than death <laughs> I know, and grief not and loss <laughs> and change? And I'm like,
1: um, "No, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's so true but i i'm fascinated like i, I am i'm yeah. genuinely fascinated with it and but there's instagram yeah that's that's a different type of absorption the word is and but then actual writing i, I can't get enough mm. of it i really can't get enough of it
2: when it's intellectualized oh, yeah
1: like that's why that
2: intellectualized yeah yeah when it's actual <laughs> it's, i mean grief yeah yeah when it's facts grief theory i find fascinating yeah and so relatable mm. and really challenging. Yeah, and something that is so alive in the therapy room for me mm. it's what I bring to clients. And sometimes it's met with a oh, "fuck off." <laughs> and sometimes it's met with "oh, ah, yeah." Oh, there's a word for that. There's a label for that. That feeling. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that feeling. So um, but Julia Samuel says pain is the agent of change, oh. and it's just so simple. Oh. And it just is. Pain, yeah it? and it's about adjusting and internalizing that yeah. person that's died and yeah. it's it's fascinating yeah because I can really identify in my experience of internalizing the, my mum yeah in the way I parent yeah, I,
1: you, in the way i love the word at, like I, that's why I really wanted to ask yeah. you like so how do you feel like the way you parent your girls and and love and nurture and just yeah parent um you feel like yeah that's internalization from mum and Absolutely. dad yeah
2: yeah, and it's implicit. Yeah. You know, I find myself doing things that are you don't even without realize. thought. Yeah, you I can. don't even realize yeah. I'm doing them.
3: Yeah.
2: And then there are things I want to do differently. Yeah, I think that's equally important. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's things I want to do differently.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but even uh, what's really interesting in in regards to my dad, and I had it even this morning mm. when I was making my daughter's bed, mm. and she was faffing around in her bedroom. I was like, I've got it, and, and I I make beds.
3: Yeah,
2: I make beds, and that is. Yeah that is my dad my yeah. dad used to say messy bed messy head
1: absolutely absolutely
2: <laughs> and I said it out loud to to, to my eldest because she was just like "Mummy, Mummy, I want to do this and I was yeah. like messy bed messy head <laughs> and you were like <gasps> and I said it out loud and I was like
3: oh hi dad, it is. <laughs> yeah. hi, dad.
2: um it's little things like that yeah. that I hold on to and grasp and love yeah. and sit with I think that actually brings me on to
1: yeah. grief. I'm
2: just another complexity. I have a feeling oh, yeah. I think a
1: delivery just
3: came. Oh oh yeah, my daughter. Oh, gone. oh <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Oh come in. Oh, you are sorry. Oh, right, thank you. You know, I know I'm oh, re-delivered. Sorry. Right. sorry. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Padre. Take care, baby.
1: Sorry about that, guys. What <laughs> it came? Was- <laughs> okay. It's a very important delivery. It's a very important delivery. It's for um, oh it's great, say-, say it now, actually. Um, do you know the the charity Suicide mm. and Co? Have you've seen them on Instagram, I've might shared their stuff a bit. Suicide and Co. Look, yeah, I have a look, yeah, they, maybe they're going to be on. The, they're going to be in the podcast in a couple of weeks. Love them, two lovely girls,
2: and they maybe sent me a
1: T-shirt that they've done, and I'm going to share it. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah.
2: I didn't know what to do then in that gap. Should I continue uh, to no, to talk? No, no, to no. <laughs>
3: did,
1: you, did you carry on? <laughs> Should we have a check-in? No, no, <laughs> yeah. guys, we're back. Sorry, I might keep it in because it. it's, it's real. To be honest, I might just keep it in. just, just going to get me. Pie. I think I also blew my nose, so I'm sorry about that. That's fine. If not, my guys, <laughs> if it is going to get edited out, the guys they'll they'll get it. But no, I like to keep it. And this is re- this is the realities of virtual. This is the realities of doing things um, remote. But yeah, let's go back into it. So yeah, say um picked where you left off. um the com- yeah the, the the
2: complexities
1: of of
2: grief, particularly actually, really, this past year, yeah. I think has changed. Ugh. Yeah, um, I think that. Also, I think this is a separate podcast. Yeah, but we've got, we've got so many. We've got... But we've got so many, <laughs> I know, right? I love it. But in terms of what what is what is bringing people to therapy, yeah, at the minute, yeah. um, particularly over the past year, um of the secondary losses as well that, that, that need grieving, yeah. that need the space to grieve. I'm, di- I'm digressing. Yeah. I want to talk about that also, but I'm digressing. But the complexities of, um, I'm so relieved my parents aren't here to witness what's happened. Yeah, yeah. With COVID, with the pandemic, because I know for a fact, particularly if my mother was still alive, she would have suffered. Yeah, big time. She was very vulnerable in that area anyway, but mm-hmm. she would, you know, I really sat with that this year going, I'm so relieved you're not here.
3: Yeah.
2: And what fucking sadness is in that as well, mm. yeah. you know? Um, but as a parent, I come back to also the complexity of me missing them, mm. you know, having this, this, this hole, this yeah. void of where they should be. Yeah. And actually, sitting with how much I know that they would have loved,
1: yeah,
2: because being parents. here with these with these with these two grandbabies they have, yeah, and how awesome they would be, yeah. And I feel so sad for them that they can't be here. Yeah,
1: it's just it's a very. Um, I sort of had to sort of check in with myself in regards to sort of things like that, and um. Because I've, I've realized for quite some time, as we all are, I think we're in our own grief, we all are the star of our own show and the star of our own grief, and we are at the center of it and we we do we sent we centralize ourselves, I miss them, I miss my mum, I miss my dad i'm i I'm missing out on this, this and that, and then it was actually a good couple of years ago I went to a um uh medium. You know, spiritually married mm. medium, and I'll never forget mm. the one line she said to me, and it kind of really didn't for a long while, but then I sort of started tapping into it in the last year or so. Um, in this in this medium um session, she goes, um she just went, and she misses you too. And I remember I went, oh. I went what? Mm. And it always chokes me up because I think, and it made me just go, of course she does. Like she didn't want to die. She didn't want to leave. She had so much more to do and so much more to give. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I've lost my mum and I've lost um, you know, a grandmother to my children, um, a mother at my wedding, a, a mother just in general, just in general. But my mum's lost she's lost potentially to find love again. She's lost having right. um, experienced her grandchildren. I'm thinking of the injustice for her and her life. Right. And right. that's I find myself a lot of times um kind of reverting back to that when i kind of feel um yeah. to sort of maybe pull i don't know i don't know sometimes just trying to pull me out of not being so centralized just sort of think of think right. of your mum too and what she lost to right. um and it kind it's of, so nuanced
2: yeah, isn't yeah
1: it? It, yeah it gravitates it's, me i don't know why
2: yeah and it's just listening to that it's so beautiful mm. having that sort of rounded idea of of grief yeah. more than an idea isn't it yeah but it's just so it comes back to so nuanced because i don't think i've ever until becoming a parent i'd never mm. understood that aspect of grief yeah. with my father yeah and that's if anything amber i think it just shows this incredible insight and curiosity in your grief
1: yeah it's the, yeah it's absolutely curious i'm so i'm curious with it i'm so curious yeah.
2: And it's what's led you to do what you do. Yeah. And share with so many.
1: Mm.
2: And in turn, I think that helps my curiosity. Yeah. You know? I think that's such an It's um what do I mean to say? Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'm out of words a little bit. <laughs> but it's 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 kinda of, it's it's such an interesting concept of grief in terms of accommodating it I think yeah that's taken me a really really long time yeah really really long time and I think honestly I, I'm really going to put my hands up here and say it's been the past year
3: yeah where
2: I've gone I'm living with this mm. yeah shit this isn't going away yeah I have to learn to to wear it I think it's such a beautiful expression yeah
1: to wear it yeah. how
2: to wear our grief how do we accommodate this in our lives mm. because our lives will continue it's a ball in a box
1: yeah the ball in the box the ball in the box I love that, that incredible ball. analogy oh. that you shared I and just, I think that's bang yeah, on right yeah. I couldn't believe
2: i have yeah. gone
1: without even seeing that and I couldn't believe it and I saw right. it and I just went because I've seen you know she sent me diagrams and, and stuff like that and that was the first one that I really went shit yeah yeah, yeah. that's great
2: that pain button is always there it's isn't always there always there. on that it's course, never going to go away
1: Just your ball just starts pinging a little bit less and hitting it. Yeah. So fantastic.
2: And what gets bigger and what gets smaller, I think, is very interesting. Yeah. Because I think in the therapy room, I say, I think the the box gets bigger as your life continues and your experiences grow and you you grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're growing. But that ball
2: is still there and it's still going to randomly hit that button and it's still going to be fucking painful when it does. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, it's how we again I come back to that word how we accommodate it yeah and how we understand that it's not going to go away and actually the the uncomfortableness I felt this week doing kind of nothing you know yeah. w- what that what that's done how it manifests
3: because
2: mm. I do think it I know in my body how it does yeah I do this you know yeah. a bit like how I walked around for 10 years my head goes down yeah. I, ha- I can't stand up straight no it's here
1: yeah it's way and it's like more.
2: I've it's where I mean I've just laid on the floor.
1: Yeah.
2: <sighs> yeah, no. Just, Honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do. When I do like, speak to clients about this, I'm like, "Get, get on the floor." Yeah, I sometimes do. It. I mean, it's very difficult on the screen, but I'm like, <laughs> "Lay on the floor, and I'll do it with you." Yeah, yeah. let's lay on the floor together and that's breathe, that. and I'll do it with you. And they're like, "What?" Yeah, I'm like, "Just unplug and lay on the floor. I'm here." Yeah, and I sometimes take the laptop down on the floor yeah, yeah, and yeah. I that like, "I'm here." <laughs> lay on the floor, and they'll lay there, and I say, "You can, um, you can close your eyes if you want to." Yeah, I've, and just maybe, and they yeah. close your eyes, and we do that for five minutes. And we just breathe feel yeah. the weight of the floor and they get up and they're like oh my god yeah
1: that was great so much better yeah.
2: yeah there's something so grounding about it
1: fantastic I, I, yeah And a room with you i feel like, I feel like i've had a free <laughs> therapy session like this is fantastic I mean, but laura i don't I, know how much therapy would happen i'm true period, so I, think we just I know, know that. i know no, no, i love that. that i love that that for me is like yeah. therapy just chin wagging right. away absolutely right. um right. Laura this has been fantastic and I'm going to round up with your last final question and I love this as we know I love this question so much (laughs) and you're ready for the big one yeah (laughs) so Laura (laughs) if you could go back and tell your your pre-bereaved self some useful and helpful advice for this journey of grief what would it be so much. Yeah.
2: Um, I thought when we get here I'd know what to say. <laughs>
1: mm. It changed I would after say the so
2: conversation,
1: man. Yeah. It does, hey? Yeah.
2: Mm. I think it's okay. It's okay to feel angry. Mm. You're not going to feel like this forever. Mm. This is going to morph. It's going to transition. It's not going to go away, but mm. it's going to morph and it's going to take you onto great things. But don't be so af- afraid of it. It's there, mm. it's, and it's okay. I'd I'd hold that twenty-one-year-old's hand because I'm going back to my dad. Yeah. It's less my mom actually. It's very much going back to that 21-year-old. I'd hug the shit out of her.
3: Yeah.
2: I'd hold her hand. I'd sit on that bathroom floor with her
3: mm.
2: and just say, it's okay. Mm. You know, it's okay to, to feel this anger. Yeah. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not cry. Mm. It's all okay. There's no time <laughs> frame for this. I think, yeah and i see that with clients you know when they come in it's like they want to they want to get to the grit they want to get in there mm. and that's wonderful but it's like understand that that either you've experienced this death 3 months ago 3 years ago this time is kind of elusive yeah. you know it's not it's not linear mm. it's it's gonna morph and change with you throughout your life yeah. we've got time we've got time to sit with this You know, I kind of want to sort of say that you will eventually find a loving space in which you can explore this and it's going to take a while, but you'll get there. Yeah. And understand that there are certain people, there will be people in your life that won't get it, Mm -hmm. that that will find these conversations hard Mm -hmm. and that's not their fault and it's not yours. It's just the way it is. And thank God for Amber Jeffries, because you'll meet her in <laughs> 17 years' time. And she will be she will be blazing the trail of normalising grief, along with many others. Because that is what we need to do. Yeah, we do. Because we're all going to experience it at some point.
1: It's the most concrete thing in life, so why the fuck aren't we talking about it?
2: <laughs> why aren't we teaching this about, you know, about death and, and and funerals and the things that happens after people die in schools I
1: know just, why are we
2: educating people in this I know yeah oh well, I've gone off on a tangent <laughs> again,
1: honestly no, don't just one one <laughs> no, one one day we will we'll be fighting for that yeah. fighting yeah. for it yeah but Laura that was absolutely fantastic um oh it's such a pleasure to talk to you no, thank you oh so God, I much I know bang on for ages, no, I mean <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already thinking of the potential episodes <laughs> that we can go on and on and on for so um, well and I would love to reconnect yeah and, absolutely and yeah and this and is not it. the yeah. end this is not the end um well grief gang thank you so much for listening and being here mm. and if you're viewing hello goodbye um this has been an absolute pleasure and yeah I'm a bit lost for words actually I'm like oh I, I, I feel really like <sighs> Can
2: I say something, Amber? Mm. I just want to, I think, on behalf of your listeners and your followers, to say thank you for what you do.
3: Oh, Laura, thank you. You do a
2: fantastic job. You do an amazing job putting yourself out there the way that you do and you're so vulnerable and curious about
1: your grief and your journey
2: and how proud your mum will be of you.
3: Oh.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That means a lot. That really means a lot. Oh,
3: here comes the tears. um,
1: Um, I know I'm probably I know we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna cry. Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um Grief Gang, thank you so much. If you have liked what you've um, heard today, please do just give a rate review. The whole malarkey, the whole spiel. But yeah, take care and happy listening. But I won't say happy listening, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> We've got happy ears now. Yeah, you've got happy now. Numb ears. Right. Grief gang over and yeah. out. Bye. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start. Whether you've laughed a little, cried a little, I mean, I think crying is good for the style, or you've resonated with something that was said, thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out the Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.